Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey, She Slayers, and welcome to another awesome episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunswick. And if this is the first time you are listening, you picked a great episode uh, because this is one of my favorite episodes of the entire year. It's our best of. I believe this is our third annual best of, which is crazy that um, we're going to be going into, yeah, I think so. I don't know. You guys know I'm so bad. Like this is episode what? A hundred and something? I don't know. I just show up and Kirby makes me just keep recording. Um, No, this is our best of 2021 episode. And gosh, it's hard. Believe me, as a people pleaser, like I, well, okay. We've talked about this. I'm actually not a people pleaser. I want everyone to like me. There is a complete difference. Um, I just don't want anybody upset. And so it's always hard because what I want to do is I just want to take every guest that I had. And it's unfair to like the fi- the episodes that we just published. There were some amazing episodes in November and December that like really didn't stand a chance because we usually go by like numbers and like we wouldn't I mm, uh, it's hard okay I just want every single guest listening to know that I'm really sorry I don't put episodes up that I don't think were great so I loved your episode I hope you did too um but we because I suck at doing this like picking and choosing often we throw it out to our tribe we go tribe I've never called you tribe we throw it out to our she slayers um See, you know, kind of look at which episodes were shared the most on social media, which ones have the most downloads and listens, yada, yada. Okay, I'm doing my best. Don't send your hate mail to Kirby, not me. Um, But, it, you know, and also maybe maybe we should do it in, in December. Like, I feel like that's where a lot of the like year in review stuff happens. But, you know, we got around to it. It's in January. Close enough. Good enough. Um, there's some big things coming in 2022 for the, for the podcast. Um, you know, they're all in my head at this point, but looking at, okay, this is kind of a big one and I, I want to know your opinion. Are you listening? Okay. Stop what you're doing. I need you to listen up until this point. We've only had women guests. Okay. Now this podcast started as an episode for female chiropractors. 
but that's only because I happen to be a female chiropractor and a lot of the stuff we talk about isn't just for the women. So ladies, the boys have found the podcast and there's some really good male guests out there. I don't know. I don't want it to be weird and a big deal when one day I, I might I might have a boy on the show and I just need to know how we feel about this. Like, I, I really think that I'm okay with it and it almost feels like artificial at this point to not interview someone just because they're a boy. <sighs> yep, yep. So I don't know. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I don't even know what boy I would interview. Um, I just I'm just prepping you that I'm feeling like a little bit of a rebrand. Um, I definitely won't change the name because I am still I still identify as a she and this podcast, you guys all know it's all about me. These are just my personal therapy sessions that you get to bear witness to. You're welcome. Uh, so still, it will still be about me slaying the day um, and helping others slay the day. But I don't know, I might get a new picture because in my picture I have like blonde scrunched hair and now I have like long, dark, fake hair. So yeah, so interesting things coming. I know you're all just sitting on the edge of your seat, but I just wanted to give you a heads up that in 2022, we might start shaking some shit up, people. Don't get your undies in a bundle if it happens. Okay, we need to get to this because we've got some amazing clips coming up. Um, so let's do our listener highlight. This is a new one that was just posted in December from Addie Mac. It is five stars and it is specific toward episode 122. Okay, now hold up. What was episode 122? I don't even know. Um, waiting, maybe later Spotify. You guys, I have to listen on Spotify because I, I don't know if you know this, but I don't have an Apple phone. Um, yeah. Okay. Episode 122 was, it really gets in the way because when like my group text happens, like, and everybody can like, like things, I can't just like, like a message, uh, turning followers into patients, cultivating your audience. Ooh, this was a just me one. Um, and I talk about some controversial shit in it. This episode did not make the top five because you guys, I can't just have every episode I do be in the top, in the top. I know you love me. Uh, no. So this one says, oh my gosh, thank you. I deleted my personal Instagram in February and three weeks ago when I opened my first office right after graduation. Congratulations by that, Eddie Mac. Like that's, that's some tough shit. I realized I needed to get back on the social media wagon. Yes. Yeah, you do. Uh, it has been a hectic 21 days of cringy posts and strange stories, but listening to the podcast brought a sense of order and calm back into this cluster that is social media advertising. Thank you. I wish I knew what her uh, business was because then we could all go look for her cringeworthy posts. Oh, I don't, I think people are too hard on themselves about like, my motto in 2022 is quantity over quality. Now to a point, right? Like we can't just be putting BS out there, but ultimately when it comes to this idea of like posts needing to be perfect and like calling one post cringeworthy and like, and it's like, ah, 
you just learn. You just learn what worked, what didn't, and what are we doing? You know, you just move forward. So there we go. Okay, what are we doing? Oh, we need to pray. And then we're going to get this show on the road. Dear God, be with all of my guests from 2021. Let them know they're all loved. And I'm sorry if they didn't make it in. Uh, be with all of the listeners as they, you know, get to listen to the highlight reel, help them learn from it, help us go forward in 2022, continuing to evolve and not holding on to old identity. Let us continue to have an open heart and mind to let you move through us and let us just keep being shaped by what you have in store and the people that you want us to impact and who we need to become in order to do that. So let us continue to focus on shedding our ego. Let that be the number one takeaway as people listen to this podcast is listening through my journey of shedding ego and shedding the idea of perfection or the need for perfection and just continuing to show up authentic and imperfect and a heart just full of love in that imperfection. In your name we pray. Amen. Okie doke. So these are not in order. Uh, Kirby chose to give me these in not order. I don't understand, you guys, the, the madness of him. I would have put things in chronological order. I don't know what he's doing. Um, he probably listened to them and was like, ooh, this will tell a story. Um, so episode, the clip number one is episode number 110. And this is on day two. So to give you a tiny bit of background here, in our clinic, we do not adjust on day one. It is actually one of the best decisions I've ever made in practice. I know I am a very like bold statement person, but yes, I would say that is the top 10 mistakes that I made when I first started was feeling like I needed to adjust on day one. So I definitely recommend you go back and listen to this entire episode. Before you do it, you're going to want to listen to the episode prior, which I believe is called Why I Don't Adjust on Day One. This episode 110 is called Connection, Emotion, and Gasp Selling. So this is just me, um, and I focus on communicating the why behind selling. Uh, we talk about Simon Sinek's book, um, how like finding your why will create a better results um, and how kind of I just got bored with pain and how like when I realized that wasn't my why, how I became honestly a much better salesperson and communicator. So here you go. We're kicking this thing off with me. Shedding the ego. I'm <laughs> just kidding. All right. Here's episode 110. I'll take a step back here and pull some expertise um, from a book that I love by Simon Sinek. It's something like Know Your Why or Start With Why. I think he actually has two books that have the word why in it. Um, and so he says that the goal is not to do business with everyone who needs, okay, I'm just going to insert chiropractic, okay? Uh, he doesn't say that, but he says your product. So your goal on day two should not be to sell 100% of people across, sitting across from you on chiropractic. Now, my day, win, day one procedures pretty much has filtered out a lot of people at this point. They don't get to day two unless they're kind of um, in it a little more because he says it is your goal to do business with everyone who believes what 
you believe. Okay, this is going to be, this is going to make your day twos easier. Um, this is going to make your life easier, your practice happier. People stick around longer of like, if on day two, this person, now you don't need to get them from point A to point Z, right? Like Denisa Weber's communication lab, um, I think it like really talks a lot about this, that where we error we're on the side of error uh, as chiropractors is we think we need to explain everything about chiropractic and get them to commit to lifelong care on day two. That should not be your goal. Um, you've got time for that. But ultimately, you should lay down a little bit of like, this is how we roll in this clinic. These are the things. This is our why. Okay. So that's where Simon Sinek is talking about of they should buy not your what, but they should buy your why. Now, here's why they should buy your why, um, is where we make decisions is from a place of our brain called our limbic brain. Our limbic brain is our emotions, it is our feelings, and it is where we establish trust. This part of our brain controls behavior. You know, so you might think like that the analytical part of our brain that like receives facts and this and that is the part that make or like influences behavior. And according to Simon Sinek, uh, that's not true. We actually, the limbic brain is what influences our behavior. The limbic brain doesn't have language. It can't put words to why we're making a decision. Now that's why people will use data and research to validate the decision they're making. Um, but it's why we kind of get that it's a gut decision or why someone will say it doesn't feel right. You may have all of the evidence in front of them of why they need chiropractic. But if it doesn't feel right to them, they are not going to buy. That's important. <laughs> really, really important because so many chiropractors think that the point of going in to the day two is to educate the ever-living crap out of them so people know it is the right thing. They need to feel it is the right thing. And how you do this and why, oh my gosh, I sent a Marco Polo to Tony Ebel, if any of you guys know, a couple of months ago, and I was like, damn it, I'm so good at the day two, I can't even get rid of people I'm trying to get rid of um, because it's just, you understand so much with time and experience that I am so on fire for this damn thing I am selling. Like somewhere along the lines, I graduated as like a new, so like, when I first started practice and I was really insecure and I wasn't really even doing ROS, but what, you know, as I started, maybe not right out of school, let's say four or five years in when I started doing care plans and I had to sell the patient 36 visits and know your insurance isn't going to cover it. You're going to need to cover it. Um, I was choking on those words and I did not convert as much, you know, back then I probably had somewhere between a 70 to 80% conversion because I wasn't sure that 36 visits was going to change their life. Now, I am so on fire and believe in chiropractic. Like, it is 
it is just pumping through my blood. So when I sit down to talk to a patient about chiropractic, do I vomit philosophy on them? No, but they can connect to my why. My why is not because I need their $2,000 to pay my mortgage. Luckily, I've gotten past that where I am not counting the dollars coming in to pay my bills. It's why we like say no to some patients like, nope, 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 you're not tough for us. Um, because I don't need their money. I is coming from a why of not anger, but like, not even frustration, not even from a negative place. Um, but just like, I am the only one in my town, you guys, who does this. There are 10 other chiropractors. Okay, it's only a town of 9,000 people, right? So like, there are 10 other chiropractors in our, 15 other in our county. And nobody else does care plans. Nobody else talks stress. Nobody else talks anxiety. Nobody else talks about these things that I am just like, oh my God, you are leaving so much on the table. They're just pain, which is fine. Good for them. So like when they get to me, by the time they have gotten to me, maybe they've tried other chiropractors, but they're here for some reason. If they loved what the other chiropractors were selling, they wouldn't be sitting across from me. So by the time they get to me, they are just so like, you're different. And I like it. I like it a lot. Um, because I, I know my why. I know why I am selling them what I'm selling them. So somewhere along the line, I graduated from a fresh used car salesman to being like, yeah, sure, that Pontiac with 140,000 miles is a uh, it's a good buy, good investment. Um, not to beat on Pontiacs, I don't know cars. Um, to all of a sudden, like, I am selling the, like, the best. I'm selling you a brand new Subaru. This thing has the safest features. Your family, like, I am on fire about putting your family in this car. So, yeah, I'm a pretty damn good salesman now. Okay, so we talked about the limbic brain. We talked about how you need to know your why, because when you communicate that, you are going to come across more trustworthy and you're going to tap more into their limbic part of their brain, their feeling parts. So what I would say is my goal isn't to educate on day two, although I do use analytics and data and objective stuff to support the feelings that they're feeling. Um... But I have accidentally sold someone a care plan without even talking about their scans. Like, I was like, oh shoot, I didn't even get to the analytics because we were just connecting so well that I knew the sale was done. And I was like, oh, okay, let's just do this. So the point is connect. You want to connect your why to their life. Your why in our clinic, I don't know what your why is, but I will explain to them that the purpose of day one, I will say this out loud, the purpose of our day one is to figure out if you're a candidate for chiropractic and even more detailed to figure out if you're a candidate for this clinic. Because in this clinic, we are not interested in mediocre results. We are interested in amazing, life-changing results. Okie dokie, artichokey. I hope you liked that one. We are cruising along. We are going into episode number two. This was episode number 100. 100 for those that don't speak my lingo. Um, and this was 
This was actually a hard one for us to find a clip from because the episode is longer, but just so full of like little clips. Most of you probably had to listen to this in pieces. Some of you maybe didn't finish it. Now is your reminder, go back and finish it. Because here's what I do. I just assume you didn't finish it because if you're like me, like you work out or you were like listening on a workout and then you only get like you know, halfway through the murder mystery and then your next work. Oh, again, if you're new, I listen to Morbid is my number one podcast that I listen to. Uh, it's true crime. So half the time I'm listening to murder mysteries while I'm exercising. But like, you know, if I get like six eighths, which also goes by three fourths of the way through an episode and my workout's done, a lot of times I don't go back and listen. So this is your reminder. If you did that, go back and listen because it's a freaking awesome episode. Um, we have Dr. Monique Andrews um, and Dr. Tamara McIntyre. Um, they we do like a double date. Uh, they're in Canada, and again, that's Canada. And Kirby and I were we just like went on a Zoom date. There was no special like we didn't eat, but like we definitely had drinks. Um, and there was no agenda except to just like talk to them. So in this episode, um, this is a clip talking about communicating, holding space, and showing up. Uh, it starts with talking about relationships, but eventually gets into how you show up authentically, how it's exhausting to pretend to be everything for everyone, and how young students need to show up as themselves, being supportive and present and without trying to pretend they know it all. Um, I apparently also say razor nipples several times. I guess that's a warning to you that may be offended. <laughs> oh gosh, you guys, I don't know. I tell you, I'm a hoot or I'm something. All right, here is just an awesome clip with Dr. Moe and Mac. And um, it was very, it's very, I think we, if we live consciously, like we make conscious decisions around how we relate to one another. This is the biggest challenge that people have, right? Is to actually like not take things personally and to be really conscious about how you manage yourself, how you manage yourself in relation. This is a big struggle for students and young docs today because they, those are gifts I think that come with age really. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You know, and I, the other thing too, I mean, one of the things that you guys had mentioned on the podcast was the way you interact from a respect perspective. The older that I've got, the older as a couple we've got, the more respectful I've become yeah. because my words have the potential of being more hurtful than anybody else's. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to unleash, then I have to also understand that while it may not have been my intention, the person I love the most is going to be the recipient of whatever it is that comes out of my mouth. And so I feel like as we've gotten older, we've gotten even more respectful yeah. of that vulnerable space when we're stressed so that I'm even more aware of how how I'm feeling and how I'm showing up today is going to deeply impact her more than anybody else in this world. And I take responsibility for making sure that I'm not um, creating another dynamic in her day because I don't have my shit together, you know? That's, uh, no. Sorry. <laughs> so like, you know, I deal with so much like people pleasing stuff that comes from, which I think, you know, 
is probably a very normal, like you're 20 something doc, you feel like this imposter and you just want to like, you know, everybody like me because I'm broke and I don't know what, you know, and I feel like I could see as I continue to take steps towards like, I'm going to show up consciously in my interactions with my patients Mm -hmm. and consciously in my interactions with my staff, there's more Cause I was going to ask you, like, when you're saying like you're being conscious, Mo, I was going to say like, well, is that realistic? If you're like in practice and you're seeing like 80 people that day, like that sounds exhausting. But what I'm doing of like not showing up consciously as I don't want to say not my genuine self, but like whatever they need to me is part of the exhaustion of why at the end of the day, I'm like, mm-hmm. just fucking pass this off. It's what takes the most energy when you, if you do not show up authentically, then you're always playing a role. And that's the exhausting piece. Mm -hmm. You know, something that we say a lot in the foundation is who you are as a person precedes who you are as a chiropractor. And that the tools that you need first and foremost are the ones that allow you to love who you are and to be that person to show up as that person because exactly what you said Lauren that whole the imposter thing that comes from pretending to be somebody else and um well yeah. the, other, the other big piece is that you know I think a recipe for burnout is being everything to everyone yeah I mean that's just not possible and I think you know we enter in the role of doctor wanting people to to feel better but we get you know I think there's early on in our career we give so much that we take away from ourselves you know and so you know to to be in our own power you know the definition that I love the most is is when when we're personally powerful people can come and take what they need but it doesn't take anything from you and I think that that's actually rings true with our patients it's like if we can be really solidly grounded in who we are what we do why we do what we do then patients can come and you know they can take what they need but we're not attempting to be anything more than you know or give anything more than we have um, to take away from ourselves and that kind of self-management piece takes a long time well and you're 20 when you're 25 yeah. like you showing up authentically maybe like yeah. hey. you know, like i don't know <laughs> like is that realistic like you know you can show up authentically now because you are a wise interesting human you know like I can show up authentically and be like oh my god breastfeeding like yeah it feels like it's like cutting you with glass and you know like because but that's authentic yeah but you're 20 year old you haven't done that like if you haven't we work with 20 year olds who are like maybe authentically showing up in your vulnerability and being like I'm new I don't know yeah but like I got my people if you can I think, and, and, you know, maybe this is some of our role, your role, Lauren, and, and you have a great impact on so many young women in chiropractic is to like, people talk a lot about holding space. It's like this, it, it's become a marketing buzzword, but mm-hmm. and very recently on our retreat, what happened, I was talking with a, a student and it was the first time someone showed up to one of our retreats we had never met. And she said, I was talking to her, it was getting near the end. And I said, you know, how are you doing? We're, you know, having a check-in. She said, I've never felt more seen and heard. Like people talk about holding space all the time and I actually feel it. 
And I think that if we really focus on, on like words matter, if you're going to talk about holding space for somebody, then part of our job is to hold up the mirror and let them see that who they are is beautiful. And that's the first step, right? Is for them to know that they're already perfect. Yeah. And so in this age of, oh my gosh, the self-help and all the things and that it's like, let's help you just be you because that's beautiful. And I mean, that's what, that's what I love about your messaging. It's what I love about, you know, the way you and Kirby have put your relationship out there, the way you put yourself out there, the way you're willing to explore those things. It's, you know, a lot of the younger generation of doctors that are coming out are so exposed to seeing a level of um, perfection in its expression that they've lost the ability to meet themselves where they're at and be okay with it. It's like, of course you're 25 and you're entering a profession and you don't know it and you're not sure what it's going to feel like. Of course that's going to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, is, is your ability to basically, you know, it's like Monique said, it's like, but who are you? Be okay with where you're at. Be in a constant state of learning, observing, reaching out to the people you relate to in that time and space and growing. Then yes, you, you know, the, the result is wisdom, experience, comfort. Yeah, of course it gets easier yeah. with age to show up authentically and we just have to keep holding the space and the mirror to let a them. Twenty-five-year-old may not have wisdom that and what all the other things, but they can show up and be consciously present. Totally. They can be non-distracted, focused. Yeah, they can be confident while being vulnerable. Of like, you know, that sound. You know, like in the example of like a mom who's breastfeeding, it feels like a razor on her nipple. You can be like, that sounds really hard. How yes. are you? Do you have people that you can talk to? But yeah. you know, we pump out again, kind of back to the first part of the conversation. We pump out these people who think they're supposed to have all these answers because of that like much more like masculine energy of like do not show vulnerability do not connecting Mm -hmm. you know, connecting isn't what they're paying for. They're paying for the 75 pounds of force to the sacrum. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Well, you know what? Like connection is the most important thing. And if you're a 25 year old doctor, don't try and show up like a 50 year old sage, you know, like if you're the 25 year old doc with the 38 year old mom, then maybe your role is not to give advice about the, I can hardly even say nipple razor blade (laughs) at the same time. Uh, You know what I mean? It's like, just well, do you? Well, I mean, I remember. I don't know. Maybe I'm. No, but I remember really. I remember this moment when I was a younger doc. I remember this moment with a patient of mine who was pregnant and was really uncomfortable, and not just like physically uncomfortable, but really having difficulty being pregnant and knowing that culturally it's not okay to say. I actually am not enjoying this. Like I thought I would enjoy being pregnant, but I'm actually really struggling with being pregnant. And I remember the moment. And of course, as somebody who's never been pregnant, I just sort of am having this conversation. And the reason that she chose to have, you know, to sort of say like, 
I'm uncomfortable being pregnant. She says that to me because I've never been. And so maybe I can relate to her in that way. But we have this moment where she says, uh, where I, I had said to her, I am 100% confident that not every woman that has ever, you know, that there are other women who do not enjoy being pregnant. And it's really unfortunate that our culture does not allow you to say that and, and interpret it as being, I don't like being pregnant, therefore I'm not gonna like being a mom. Like those things are not the same thing. Mm. And so we have this moment where we're having this kind of exchange and then she just starts bawling and says, I just want this fat suit gone. And it, the, and then she's like, oh my God, I'm so glad I could say that. Like, I didn't realize I was carrying that much emotion associated mm -hmm. with these changes that have happened in my body, you know? And I think that's the kind of thing, like when we say hold a safe space, it's like, there's no judgment. And in that moment, I felt so honored that she could have that release and have that conversation and know that I was not going to judge her for it. You know, that, that, that she could talk about how uncomfortable because I'm working with her body, because I relate to her in that way. And so I think, you know, if that younger doc can just meet people where they're at without judgment and know that they can say whatever they can. It's hard. I, it takes, it's hard. It's hard. I, I totally, you know, it's easy for me to sit here and be like, yo, anybody can drill authentically. <laughs> it's hard. I just want to acknowledge, I just want to acknowledge that. So that was episode number 100 with Mo and Mac. And now we are cruising along. Um, this one is episode 118. This is about miscarriage and communication, miscommunication. Um, I have Dr. Jen Santos on, and we're really talking about caring for the prenatal patients. We're talking about how as chiros, especially pediatric chiros, we really focus on the joy and good of making families, but along with being that uh, in that role as a prenatal Cairo, you are going to have tragedies. Um, so we talk about how she came to work with the ICPA and um, even at like how great Kairos can make mistakes like saying, where's the baby when someone shows up after their due date and what to say to someone who's had a miscarriage. Like this is ultimately... I had when I when I joke that these are my personal therapy sessions, um, the, reaching out to Dr. Jen to have her on the podcast originated with me, our team. You know, we've been in practice 11 years and miscarriage happens. And, you know, we were doing a doctor, well, a team training and we were just kind of talking. I'm obsessed with systems and procedures. And we're talking about, like, what do we do? Like, what can we do for our patient when that happens? Because it feels so like, uh, can I give you a hug? What do I, you know, what do I do? And so I was like, oh, I know somebody at the ICPA. Well, I don't know them, but I'll reach out and just have them on the podcast because I have a feeling this is something that other prenatal chiros would love to learn from. Another very heartwarming um point about this episode is, so this aired a couple months ago. And about a week ago, I got a message from one of my patients who I don't get to see very often. She's actually more Dr. Jess's patient um, and goes to our other clinic that I haven't actually stepped foot in in a couple months. Um, 
And she reached out to me and said like, hey, I listened to the podcast, um, even though I, I'm not supposed to, because yeah, I try and keep my patients away. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and she said, you know, I don't know if you know, but I did just have another miscarriage. I don't know if Dr. Jess had told you. And Dr. Jess had told us because, you know, we report on things at that at our weekly meeting. So we, we just know what's going on with our patients. And, you know, she just sent the most amazing message about how like just how unique are her chiropractor like this sounds like bragging about us but like I believe all the listeners this is you for your patients as well so let this be your friendly reminder so she had this patient listened and she's like you know in the episode you talk about how you you're worried that the patient's thought is that chiropractic caused it and um so go back and listen to the episode because uh and she said like it never that was never my thought like you guys are so supporting and so loving and like just having you as a part of my prenatal team is amazing so so yeah you guys you're doing amazing things for people i just want you to know that just keep on just ignoring personal boundaries and offering patients hugs i'm cool with that okay so here is episode number 118, Miscarriage and Miscommunication with Dr. Jen Santos. Because everybody wants to be in a pediatric practice because it's fun. Everybody wants to do the cute babies. Everybody, you know, it's it's easy. Um, but, and, and a lot of times, like we as prenatal chiropractors, we're dealing with the high highs, right? We're dealing with people who aren't able to become families becoming families and we're dealing with the beautiful transition of women becoming mothers and father you know men becoming fathers and and families really being formed and that's such a beautiful thing and those are high highs the flip side to that is we're not precluded from the inevitability of death mm -hmm. and so that really goes into how do we as chiropractors guard ourselves love our practice members, love our patients. And, and also what, how do we know what to say and what not to say? Because a lot of times there might not be the right thing to say, but there are certainly the wrong things to say. Mm -hmm. And so, and so Jeannie said, that's a really, really heavy topic. I got to think about that. And I was like, Meh. oh, crap, I should have been throwing pediatric parties. <laughs> I know. Right. Um, and, and she was like, I got to I got to think about that. And so she and I kind of emailed back and forth a little bit and then she passed away. Um, and um, I sent a message because I I didn't really know what had happened. I didn't you know, I just heard that she had passed away and. Um, I sent a message and said, Hey, um, you know, I'm a big ICPA supporter. If you guys need any help, um, with this transition, please let me know. And Justin, who took over, um, her son emailed me back and said, you know, um, I have notes from a conversation that you had with my mom and I'd like to continue that conversation. And so Justin then kind of um, we went back and forth. We had many long hour long conversations about why I was so passionate about these subjects and why we needed to do that. And, um, we were going through that and Justin 
called me and said that he had been taking care of a woman through her pregnancy and she and her husband showed up postpartumly and he looks around and he goes, where's the baby? And he goes, I'm just, you know, and so he's telling me like, I'm just an ohm. I'm, I'm an ohm, right? Like I'm, I'm ICPA. Like this is our thing. I should have known better not to do that. And I was like, Justin, that's the conversation that we as chiropractors need to be cognizant of because yes, chiropractic is amazing. We shit rainbows and glitter. Like it's fantastic. The flip side of that is that 0.01% of the time that that's not an appropriate thing to say is really damaging to people. And, and we don't want to do that. And that was never the intention. And he said, you're right. Like we, ha we have to get this class. We have to get this class going. And so it was really, um, through very fortuitous events, um, and, and my insistence that it really be the uncomfortable topics, um, that, that people don't want to talk about. It's, it's kind of a downer, but, um, I, I think my life when you're in practice long enough though, you realize, Oh, we got to, yep. Like, I, because I don't know what to do. Right. Um, and so I need somebody to tell me like, what do I, what, what do you do when yeah. you're sitting there and the woman says that she miscarried? I'm asking you right now. Oh, right now. <laughs> like, what, what, what do I do? Take them to the room in the back. Um, yeah. I mean, I, again, there's not a, there's not a beautiful formula of what to do. It's a lot. It's also a lot of what not to do. Mm -hmm. um, so if you have somebody that you've been working through their pregnancy with them and a miscarriage happens, um, in my opinion, you, you, you want to hold space for them. You don't want to go into, oh, were you drinking a lot of caffeine? Because if you drink 200 milligrams of caffeine, a 2006 study showed from Kaiser that 200 milligrams increased your risk of miscarriage by twice, you know, two per, you know, by right. two times. That's a really dumb thing to say. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, do you, okay. So selfishly, yeah. My brain immediately goes into fuck. Does she think the chiropractic caused this? So that's also something that people that was, that was a big question that chiropractors um, have, right. Is does she think that the fact that she's there coming to you, sharing that with you already kind of tells me she probably doesn't think that you caused it if you, and that's our normal reaction, right? Shit. What did we do? What it was, you know, cause we go to school and we're trained how to not hurt people. Right. Like, uh, and, and we're trained, you know, and that's kind of the, the biggest thing in chiropractic is we're, we're taught how to not hurt people and how to diagnose pathology. So immediately well, and we learn about all the horrific stories of chiropractors hurting people in chiropractic college, right? And so there's this weird thing where we think, oh no, like, does she think that I did it? The fact that she's there telling you, she's letting you into a very um, precious time of her life. And so 
the fact that she's there saying this is what happened. I don't think you should put into her mind that that's even in, within the realm of possibility. Yep. That makes um, there's, um, there are if very sensitive to say what happened. Um, so it depends sometimes, um, sometimes it is insensitive. Um, what I would say is, would you like to, ex would you like to tell me your story? Um, would you like to tell me your story? Would you like to tell me? Um, and often that's going to tell you what happened. <laughs> Sometimes they don't know what happened. Uh, miscarriages happen. You know, it's it's estimated that one or 10, 10 to 25% of all pregnancies, will, all recognized pregnancies will end in miscarriage. 10 to 25%. It's estimated that 50% of all pregnancies end in miscarriage. So a lot of times... This this whole shift of women finding out that pregnancy has occurred, I think so you know, early. <laughs> yeah, so early, six days before your missed period, you know, um, in some ways, we're sort of traumatizing women by by finding out so early, because mm -hmm. in the olden days, you wouldn't find out until you start having changes in your body. You're skipping periods. You're noticing you're gaining a little weight. Your breasts are tender. You know, changes are happening, but you're not necessarily going to know what, you know, that that's what's happening. Now we've hyper-medicalized normal pregnancies. Um, and so women are able to find out, you know, very, very early on. And and, you know, about half of pregnancies have like some sort of um, reason why the, the pregnancy needs to terminate on its own. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're finding out very early, but it's sort of like the intelligence of the body to terminate pregnancies of a non-viable fetus. And I'm assuming this is not the time to say any of that to her. No, 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 no. no. It's the time to say, I am so sorry, um, if that's appropriate. Now, Wait, why, when would that not be appropriate? <laughs> um, so if a woman comes in and says, you know, I went to my medical doctor and he said, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't want you to be sorry for me. I just want, you know, I, you know, <laughs> um, so you listen to what that guy. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how are you doing? Um, so it, it's there, there's just, and this is where it's like, this is such a, a hard topic because if you say, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry, a lot of times, 95% of the time, that's going to be the appropriate thing to say. Yeah. Sometimes they don't want to hear that right now. So I'll say, would you like to talk about this? Would you like to tell me your story? If they say no, I'll say, okay, I want you to know that when and if you are ready to tell me your, your journey, I'm here to listen. Um, and so I kind of leave it and, and I'll say, you know, um, would you like to be adjusted today? And, mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe, Maybe we have a different way of adjusting. Maybe we don't do side posture or drop table. Maybe we go to Logan basic and we kind of help reset the neurology. Maybe we mm -hmm. do a little bit of activator, maybe, you know, just kind of 
resetting the system a little bit without so much input at one time. Um, but kind of just supporting her through that process. Okay, so good job. We're almost there, you guys. We've got two more clips, two amazing clips. Uh, this next one is episode 109, and this is Dr. Monica Berger. Holy moly. She, she just is incredible. Incredible. Like, you know one of those brains that you're like, you have all of that in your brain. You you do need to go back and listen to this episode um, 109. It is called Slaying the Amygdala. Did I have to look up what the amygdala does before I got into this interview with Dr. Monica so I didn't come across like an idiot? You bet your ass I did. Um, I graduated a long time ago, okay? Uh, so this is Slaying the Amygdala, Overcoming Fear with Dr. Monica Berger. So this section is on how people have been living in the amygdala through COVID and how making decisions from that space um, and asking just asking questions and understanding the difference between the prefrontal cortex and the amygdala and how they interact and how to retrain your brain and not just let the amygdala run the show. It may sound nerdy. It may sound awesome. It's awesome. It is awesome. So... Uh, this is Dr. Or this is Dr. Monica Berger, episode 109, Slaying the Amygdala. It's a little anxiety because that amygdala is anxiety. Amygdala equals anxiety. Okay, that was one of my questions is like, and is now, is the amygdala also depression or is that? It can be. It can be PTSD, depression, everything. So think about where people have been, back to where you were talking about, where have people been driven this last year? Fear, depression, isolation. So, so because that that fear of if i walk outside and i look at somebody i'm going to kill them or they're going to kill me mm -hmm. okay so you have kind of like half of the population that are going wait a minute um you know this doesn't have to be that way um you can have some sense of reality and 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 then but that half the population might look at the other half saying what is wrong with you you know why are you you're you're not behaving um in, in a rational manner but you've got to understand that's where they're living right now that's where they're programmed it's hard to get out of that yeah and it it, it is hard so like because okay so okay so if you're functioning from the amygdala mostly your prefrontal cortex which is like is that more your more logical self is that yeah, like your your impulse control your reasoning your rational being so, your social engagement yeah. skills being able to engage with people on a human conscious level yep and so like it's one of those things where when you do look at the last year um it's you know we don't need to make a political standpoint of like but things were not handled they could have been handled very differently and that's not to say that like we're going like oh we shouldn't be taking this serious or not it's none of that it's just saying no. like a lot of the decisions people are just like wait that doesn't make sense and it's because oh well because the people in charge are using the amygdala to make decisions instead of like, okay, so let's look at the stats. Let's figure out what yeah. is a logical conclusion from this. And like, yeah, but how do you get so, to switch 
So I think we have, you know, and, and I think one of the messages is let's try to come from a place of love and compassion towards others in the brain. What's that? Where does love and compassion live in the brain? Um, love and compassion is when we can have a balance when all parts of the brain are engaged and on board and we're not driven into one, one, this fear monger, emotional limbic part of the brain. And then we can, we can be reasonable, rational and come from and have and feel, you know, a lot of people can't feel love or a joy. And it's very sad right now. They can't feel those feelings because they're, their only thing they can feel is that, that anxiety and that fear and, and so forth. Mm -hmm. And so like a boardroom of the brain where it's like, it's creating a space for it. Like, okay, amygdala, would you like to voice your concerns? Yes. Thank you. Okay, great. Now it's your turn to stop talking. And next, like, I will that's, exactly, that's exactly what we need to do. Mm -hmm. you, I call that the brain bully. And then you have a brain buddy. Okay. So when your brain bully, your amygdala starts taking over, you are not good. You are less than your failure. Um, if you walk outside, you're going to be dead. Um, those things, those negative nallies, that constant, you know, driving you into this dark space. When that starts to creep up, that's exactly what you need to do. You need to say, whoa, dude. All right. You've expressed yourself way too much over this last month or year or whatever. Yep. Okay. It's time for you to park it. All right. I need my brain buddy back on board. Okay. That's pretty much your prefrontal cortex. Okay. Where's my reasonable brain buddy? Okay. All right. Now let's really take this over, Monica. So you had 10 families that are moving out of the state and you're not going to go broke. You are not a failure. You are not less than. That doesn't mean you're going to have to work till you're 95 and be half dead. That's not your reality. That was other people's reality or perceptions of you and your life. Mm -hmm. All right. This is your reality. Hey, yeah. All right. That might suck for a little while, but you know what? I, maybe it's a chance for my body to rest and reboot. And then, you know, reformulate your practice for lower, you know, there's ways to figure that. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Okay. Um, and, and the same, you know, and, and this, by the way, the cool thing about this is as, as my life has evolved since this teen aha moment, like, and back then I didn't know that those parts of the brain and I didn't understand where this was coming from. Right. And now this is what I teach on, right. 30 fast forward 35 years later. The cool part is I, I truly believe that we, um, we go through experiences and we, at the time, they may not seem as blessings <laughs> or great experiences, but I think it's part of our learning and, and what maybe we have to um, be able to identify with and, and go through so that later on down the road, something falls into your plate or in, in place. The in, for me, I consider it the information, the research, like I, you know, I'll be led to research something and it's just another piece to the puzzle for me. So I think we have to experience these things 
and see them as gifts eventually Mm -hmm. in order to use that and those experiences to help others. And that's kind of what I want to do now. What's that? I, th- I feel like, and sometimes those gifts, air quotes of like, you know, those shitty moments where you're like, okay, one day this is going to pay off. Um, it's also the realization that sometimes it doesn't pay off. It's not for us. It's not the gift that we're going to receive. It's going to be our next generation or, you know, like, okay. And as a parent, that is helpful for me of being like, you know, when I'm going through something and being like, okay, this really sucks, but I can go like, but what is my kid learning from this? What am I breaking in those 14 DNA lineages? And so- Absolutely. And that's exactly, so you must be reading my mind because here's the deal. What This is really known as the neurobiology of disease now in the, in the last amygdala, like the fear, this, this, this connection between the emotional limbic, the amygdala and that prefrontal cortex. So in, in, especially in the neuropsychiatric realm, and then neurals, this is the two most areas that are studied in communication as far as um, long-term illnesses. So here's what I feel is so, this is where I feel ultimately as, as my, I don't know, my, my gift and my purpose, I guess, is to, um, to, to talk about this and be very open and help others to realize where they might be stuck in their amygdala so that they can break the, the chain like you are with your kids mm-hmm. and not pass it on. Because we know that um, this is a huge role in, in the prenatal period um, and the early years of life. So if we can help our kids um, break those chains. And if we can break our chains ourselves, think of how we can spend the future generations. Like you freaking can change the neuropsychiatric realm of depression, anxiety, PTSD, um, you know, schizophrenia, a lot of these things. You, you, do you see how cool that oh is? Yes. Have, has there been any, uh, I'm sure there's been research like, on people who are dealing with some of these long-term illnesses, severe mental health issues, is their amygdala bigger? Like yes, have- yes, you got it. Yes, shoot. Because okay, okay, it's like a muscle. Grow bigger. Oh, it's a muscle. Shoot. No, think of it. It's 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 like a muscle. So if if you're if you're a weightlifter wanting to go to the Olympics, okay, and you're at the, you're not going to go to the gym once a week, right? You're going to go every, and you're lifting heavy weight and you're making those muscles bigger, 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 stronger. That which we pay attention to, that which we exercise gets bigger. If our thoughts are constantly being driven to that brain bully, mm-hmm. okay, and we constantly are living in a state of fear and anxiety and this mantra in our head, that becomes bigger. Wow. Like literally. Literally. They've done, yes. Can it get smaller? If we get in our, if we can be conscious and mindful and, and bring that balance back. Can the prefrontal be bigger? Have they measured that? Like do other, do some people? Um, I haven't seen anything on that as, well, okay. The amygdala has actually been, it's like an almond shaped place in the brain. It's like an almond Okay, we have one on the right and one on the left. Um, so they've actually been able to see that get better, get bigger. 
where they've seen circuits, circuitry um, connections in the prefrontal cortex weaker. Not okay. necessarily the volume wise getting bigger or stronger. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my message, I think I want that after all this craziness, hopefully you guys followed us. I know it's kind of, nope. anyway, <laughs> is take some time and, and sometimes um, silence is, you hear the most in silence in times of silence. You know, they say silence is golden, but, but have some time to yourself. And um, especially after this year, have some time to yourself, try to um, get back to your, what I say, authentic self. We all got flaws, right? Ain't, ain't nobody going to be perfect. <laughs> and, and by the way, you guys, if, if you are younger in practice or what anybody out there, if, if anybody ever tells you that they've never made a mistake, or that they've got all the answers, they're lying to you. <laughs> because well, you we- know what is like, nobody goes around saying that, but they sure as heck act it. Like it's one of kind of my number one goals with the podcast of being like, is like being incredibly vulnerable and sharing like, oh, this is what, this is where I messed up. This is like what I would have done differently. But like, yeah, I think we have way too many people in our profession and others who aren't saying they'll say like, oh, I've made lots of mistakes. I'm never going to let you know about any of them because I'm perfect. <laughs> Don't worry. Right now I'm perfect. In my past, I made lots of mistakes, but right now I'm perfect. <laughs> exactly. You know, and I, and I think if you take that time and step back and you say, okay, you know, we've all messed up. We've all made mistakes. Um, and when, and when we first, at least for me, when I was first in practice, I thought I had amazing mentors and, and I've been so blessed and so lucky, but I thought that this, from what I was told or, or what I, what I even interpret by watching other practices or whatever, I thought in my head, this was right or wrong, or this was the way to do it. If you don't do that, well, you're not successful. And you, you know, and, and so I made this, this reality of this is how it's supposed to be. And this is what successful is when maybe that's not right for everybody. Find your own success, your own way of doing things, your own way of expressing yourself. Um, don't be afraid to say, I love you, mentor A and mentor B or mom and dad. I love you, but that doesn't fit my model. I, I, I it's, it's too restricting for me. I need to, I don't have to. Thank you. I'm not judging it, but that doesn't serve me. Yeah. All right, she slayers. Um, that was a great one, wasn't it? I told you, I told you. They've all been awesome. If you're brand new to the, to the show, let this be a lesson that like, holy moly, what a great podcast. I should go back and binge Lauren and her guests because she has the best guests. Um, I have some really exciting guests like on my wish list for this year. Um, I am like really going after Heidi Havik. Not in a weird way, you guys. Don't don't like concern her. Like I want her on the podcast. I know she's extremely busy. So maybe, I don't know, Tagger, like you guys can help me harass her, not harass. Uh, what would be like a nice word? Coax? Lure? Nope, that's creepy also. Anyways, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna get Heidi on the show. I was just talking to Christy Hudson from 
Cairo Health USA, I just did a webinar with her and she said like, yes, you need Heidi. I'm going to help you get her on. I'm like, yeah. Um, who else do I have? Now my brain is just completely blanking. Uh, but as I did say, I'm thinking about boys. I mean, I'm not thinking about boys. I think about my husband only, but I'm thinking about allowing boys. So if you're still listening to this episode and you haven't stopped your workout yet, um, send me send me who you want like just send me a message send me some ideas because like i feel like when i went to the wdc thing um in clearwater i met all these people that i had no idea existed because i just like live in rice lake wisconsin and i don't go to a lot of these things so you got to reach out tell me who you want to hear okay so this one's last um because it sucks to do an in uh, uh intro for um, so this is episode 98. Um, it is, uh, stress and second clinics and boundaries with Dr. Bobby Vormans. Um, by this point, many of you know, um, that Dr. Bobby passed away this year. Um, you guys, spoiler, after the episode. I, I don't know why my brain felt the need to like, that's what I was going to say is like, uh, after the episode, she passed away. Um, so this is not me talking to the ghost of Dr. Bobby, just in case I, that for some reason, if that needed to be cleared up. Um, Dr. Bobby was one of my best friends. Her episode, we did a, um, you should go back and listen to her original episode, but honestly, if you're going to go back and listen to the episode, you should listen to the episode that week because like we replayed it with all of these intros of other chiropractors, um, just saying how amazing she was and um, how her legacy is just incredible. The clinics that she started, she had two clinics. You'll hear her talking. I don't know if she, no, she doesn't. Eh, she may talk about the two clinics. We reference it a lot. She's got two clinics, very successful clinics very, very successful clinics. Um, and they're continuing those docs that are running it now. Um, you can just tell she was an amazing leader because those docs are still just kicking ass in those clinics months after, after losing their leader. Um, and I'm sure that has to do with her husband, Grant, who's not a chiropractor, who's stepped in and helping. So yeah. Um, so this episode is, it's about her setting boundaries uh we kind of talk about in the episode uh we don't we don't want to say it but like she had had a heart scare um where she almost lost her life and some of the things that she needed to do um so this is tough because what she says is incredibly useful um she's talking about self-care and delegation but obviously it's heartbreaking in retrospect um she talks about how given what she's experienced, she, um, you know, know, knew she needed to do things differently and how she has different plans for the future and how her hope and love for wanting to help and influence others is, is just so damn great. I, I can't, I couldn't leave it out. Um, you know, sometimes terrible shit just happens. So this isn't meant to be like, oh, you better listen because she didn't. And look what happened. Like, nope, she was really good at 
you know, she she talks, she she's kind of self-deprecating about how like she doesn't have good boundaries, but like where Bobby was present, and this is what she says, like she was all in. She was intensely focused when she was with her family she was with her family and so although she says she doesn't have good boundaries i really think she's a big fat liar she's a big fat liar um she totally does she did um but she's got better boundaries now um you know with all ominous knowledge and insight on universal energy um i hope that made her laugh uh so we also talk about how I should have chickens. Uh, I forgot that I wanted to get chickens. I'm really thinking that's a good idea. I do live in the city though, so I don't know. Um, so, so far, 2022, rebranding, allowing boys on, and possibly getting chickens. You guys, so many good things. So, I love this woman that you're about to listen to. She is just phenomenal. Her legacy is just proof. Her wake was proof of the impact she had. And I I just can't close out 2021 without one more throwback to literally one of the most loving and serving chiropractors I have, people I have ever gotten to know. So... Here is Dr. Bobby Vormans, one more time on She Slays the Day podcast. What kind of boundaries did you have to put into place after? Of like around the idea of like, okay, so we're running these rocks. put into place or my husband put into place for me, right? And right. Right. I'm not a good boundary person. I mean, most people that have known me, I don't. I don't. uh, You know, you... You used to harass me when we were coaching together with a group that I'm involved in too much. I do too much. I'm on too many boards. I'm on too many of this. I'm on too many too. Yeah, Just right. Helper. So, but um, I put in a lot of boundaries. One is a lot of self care boundaries. Okay. Um, two is not well, hold so on, much. Hold on. Can we elaborate slightly more? Like what, <laughs> like what kind of self care boundaries? Well, just uh, like uh, uh, Epsom salt bath on a weekly basis. Um, and like, that's my me time. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it is personal boundaries that isn't so much like, this is what I do, but Bobby, God damn it. You got to let yourself do this mm-hmm. because you have, you're important. And sometimes I worked and gave everything I had to everyone else and never gave back to me. Yep. And it was a rude awakening for me to see that. So there's a lot of boundaries, like um, going to bed at a decent time, getting, I, I get most nights, I get eight hours of sleep, at least eight hours of sleep at night. I do um, too, but it's because my body like forces me. Like I typically like, I don't think I could stay up until 10 o'clock most nights. If I, last night we did. We did last you know, night. Lord. And I'm like, it's like 10, 20. And I'm like, you guys, I am two hours past my bedtime. I have to go to bed. But yeah, so, uh, you know, taking care of me. I mean, I still don't work out as much as I should. Um, Kirby and I were talking about meditation and yoga this morning. That's been an amazing, um, addition to my daily routine Mm -hmm. is I just, I do 10 to 20 minutes of yoga meditation every day. Um, so it's been great for me, great for my blood pressure, great for my heart, great for my balance, my flexibility. Um, because no matter what you have going on in your business, Hey, she slayers life occurs for you every Mm -hmm. day. And so that aspect of things of taking care of you, I mean, we preach it to our patients all the time. 
And as we get down into the business, we sometimes forget that we need to do it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, especially as we're high achievers and want to help and, and change well, lives. Well, that's what I was thinking while we were talking or and you're saying this, like, you know, how you like kind of force yourself to take a bath. And I'm like, yeah, isn't that true? Um, I would say that it is a personality trait of somebody who's like, well, yeah, I have one thing going great. And now I need to do a second thing because I had like five minutes to, of like rest of like, so I'm going to start a second clinic and then maybe I'll even start a third, like might tend to be kind of like that workaholic Mm-hmm. mind frame um mm-hmm. for someone who's like i have time i should start a second mm-hmm. clinic uh and we don't want to rest yeah and so that's part of the problem is i don't know if there's a ton of people who are naturally really good at balancing the rhythms of like rest and work going uh able-mindedly going i should do more work, right? Because learn like, from people like that. Work people that, yeah, right, that are like, right, huh, what do I even do with Wednesday mornings? Right. I should, I should start a second clinic. Well, and you're, you know, you talk balance because I don't know what that is. I'll be honest. You know, I'm a, I'm a in it person. So if I'm at home, I'm in it. If I'm at work, I'm in it. Um, and you know, if I'm here, I'm, if I was here with you like we were last night, just hanging out as friends. You know, that's where I am mm-hmm. as far as that's concerned. But I, I don't even know if I know what balance means, to be honest. You know, I, that aspect of things. I, you know, got to hang out with your team this morning at the clinic. And, you know, they're like, if Lauren's not at work, she's still working. Yeah. You know, as far as that's <laughs> concerned. Started a damn yeah. podcast. Yeah, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's it's amazing. I, I mean, chickens. What? Maybe I should get chickens. Like, so maybe yeah. I <laughs> could, like... Don't, don't add more. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> don't add more. No, I think I'm going to add chickens. <laughs> Definitely going to add chickens. Oh, the eggs are nice in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So one boundary I know mm-hmm. that you have talked about um, is how many problems get to you. Mm-hmm. You know, so you've kind of, like, talked around it multiple different times of, like, having the right people. But, like, that's a boundary that you need as... When you are employing multiple people, so if you got two clinics, you got multiple people, multiple docs, and sometimes just because you're the one who's like signing the checks, there can be, especially if you're in a control freak, there can be this idea that like everything needs to be run by you. And like, so, you know, you've talked to like, you have to set that boundary of like, yeah. don't present me with that prop. Like there mm-hmm. are people for that. Absolutely. And, you know, so a couple things. One is I hired a personal assistant. Mm-hmm. which has been a godsend. She's virtual. So she's been a godsend for me. Um, she works 10 hours a week and she does a lot of things that I don't researching, right? Scheduling my uh, flights that I'm leaving for Florida with on Monday and, you know, doing things that I just don't have the time to do. Mm-hmm. Hey, I need you to order this for me. And, yep. um, so she does a lot of things both in the clinic and personally for me. And it's amazing, um, which made me go, <sighs> like there's a lot of stuff off my plate. Um, at work, like I just took everything that didn't need my energy and made a list of it and started dispersing it to people that I felt were confident and good at what they did. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'll be honest, you know, one of my, uh, strong suits is I trust easily. If I say, if I say something, can you do this? And you tell me you can, then I think you're going to do it. And have I been burned by that? I have, but it's just allowed me to get things off my plate Mm -hmm. and set things up. 
and knowing that things were getting done and they have been. Again, guys, have you been burned? Have I been burned? Yes, I have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've really not let it affect of who I am. Yeah. So I still trust easy. So um, my team members, uh, two Tuesdays a month, they do bills and they just sent the checkbook and I sign them. I don't look, I don't, yeah, yeah you know what I mean? So I still, I still want to sign them to know like I joke. that they're going out. <laughs> I'll joke with somebody. I'll be like, cause it, you know, let's yeah. say I'm out and I owe someone money or whatever. And I was just like, oh, next time you're at the clinic, just ask the front desk to write you a $200 check. Like anybody could walk up to our front desk and be like, Lauren said to give me a check for $500 and they would just be like, mm. <laughs> like Lauren said, like, okay. <laughs> you gotta stop saying that, Lauren. I know, I know. You gotta. You're just like, I don't know. I delegate too yeah. much. Too much? <laughs> and I, I wouldn't say that. I would say, you know, I always tell everybody my, my most important thing is to work me out of a job. You know, so I, I don't want to be at the, if I don't want to be at the clinic, then I don't want to be at the clinic. Mm -hmm. You know, I want systems and procedures and people to know their worth at my offices where I don't have to be there anymore. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to that, then it's time for me to totally be gone. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. You and I were just having that conversation this morning about if, if we ever would sell our practices and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I by far would sell, like if Dr. Grace wanted to buy the second practice wholeheartedly, she would have the opportunity to buy the second practice. Um, if there's someone that came in the next 10 years and wanted to buy the Tomahawk practice, I possibly would just sell it to them. That's crazy. I know. I know. I know. So you said systems and procedures. We're re- we mm-hmm. did a really bad job with the checklist, but somewhere in there, there's, there's so, we've said a yeah. lot of things, yeah. but it's more of yeah. like a, I spy, you're going to have to find yeah. this checklist. Another huge thing for starting second clinic is you better have iron clad systems and procedures. Yeah, absolutely. Iron clad systems and procedures. Um, time to train people on them. Um, you How know, do you set up your timing for training? I was wondering that. Like, as you said, like, it's in my schedule. Yeah. And I was going to ask. Like, yeah. So, so um, you know, I do a doctor training on every Wednesdays during our lunch hours. So and I three do of you? Four of us. Four of us. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So the four of us. Um, so during COVID times, which we could talk a whole podcast mm-hmm. on COVID times. Um, but during COVID times, we met on a weekly basis every single week, all four doctors. Just to talk about patient care struggles. Um, it was a bitch session in addition to like what kind of support each of us needed Mm -hmm. personally and professionally, but we team train every Mondays, you know, we team train every person. Uh, nope. So we're yeah, virtually with both clinics and then we'll separate and train separately. Um, if there's things that it's, um, individual clinics Mm -hmm. as far as that's concerned. So like Grace is a solo doctor. We are not. Right. So scheduling and that type of stuff is slightly different. So um, we do training. I have um, Dr. Kelly and I meet on a weekly basis. So I have a weekly time that's out of my schedule and her schedule that we meet. Um, Dr. Grace and I meet on a monthly basis, but she emails me her wins for the week on a weekly basis. Dr. Zoe emails me and we meet twice a month. So every every single one of us, as far as doctors are concerned, meet on a different basis. Yep. Um, but it's best what I what I have learned about who my doctors are and how best to support them. Yeah. Sounds exhausting. <laughs> it isn't actually. Yeah. It, it's one of those things that fire. You like, fire. I do love you that. Love it. You're you know, so good at absolutely. It. I do love it. And it is, you know, if you think a second practice is because like, I feel like I can't do anything more, you know, reach out to, to Lauren because it's it's not about that. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to have enough passion to want to serve in chiropractic 
and enough emotional energy to open that second practice. Yep. Um, but most importantly, I mean, you got to believe in yourself and you, you know, I don't know how many times you said badass this morning. Um, but you know, you have to think that, you know, that you're the badass, that you're able to serve this, these people through chiropractic care. Mm -hmm. Um, and you have a team that, um, can do that for you. Okie dokie. Well, yep, that wasn't terrible to listen to again. I'm not crying. You're crying. Screw you. Uh, <laughs> oh, isn't, aren't people great? Um, I think one of the most interesting things that I have learned from this podcast in doing the, not like this specific episode, but like for sure from Bobby, but like in interviewing people is people are interesting. Um, and you may go, yeah, duh. Um, but that hasn't always been the case for me. Like, I feel like, um, I don't know. I don't even want to blame it on Enneagram three. It's like kind of like the slight nice narcissism that Kirby and I joke about, um, that I am a slight narcissist, not a full blown. I've taken quizzes, you guys. Um, but like, I feel like in my twenties, I was very obsessed with myself and really only, I put people on pedestals, people who were on the stages and like very successful and society told me they were successful. I really only put them on stages and was like really interested in them. Um, and just the more I talk to humans on this show, the more I'm like, you're cool. You've lived a cool life. You've lived some neat lessons. Um, so I hope that I hope that uh, that this has been helpful for you too. like this whole thing. Um, if you're new to the show, go back and listen. Um, if you haven't dropped me a review on Apple Podcasts before, I would love now's your time. Now's your time. And you can be my next listener highlight. Or if you're like me and don't have an Apple phone, you know what? You're cool. We're cool. The society may say we're not cool, but we're still cool. Um, you can just send me a DM and I will try and remember to screenshot it. And I will try to remember to also say it. No. All right. Next week's episode is solo. We are getting into 2022. We're talking about PVA. I think you're going to love it. If you don't know what PVA is, don't worry. I described the heck out of it next week. I love you. I want you to know that I love you and you are cool, whether you're a chiropractor or not, but especially my chiros, you do amazing things. Even if you're just, even if you're a student, like you don't even know the power that you are developing in your hands and what your career ahead of you, I hope you, your future is so bright. And even if you've been in practice 20 years, your future is still so bright. Don't get bored, okay? If you're bored in practice, Mix it up, people. Like, this is your this is your permission from me to change, to evolve, to continue to let God and universe do great things through your hands, through your practice, through your mind, what you're learning. Um, and just go on kicking some freaking ass. I will see you next week, She Slayers. I love you. Bye. Hey, She Slayers. Are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. 
The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. 